Psalms 59, and um, we'll begin reading. There's 17 verses, and I'm not going to read all 17 verses. In fact, I'm only going to read the last two verses because that's really the center of this uh, message tonight, but I'll refer to these other verses as we go through them. Psalms 59 and verse number 16. He said, But I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing. For God is my defense and the God of my mercy. Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Oh Lord, you know tonight we don't want to go through the formality of service. I want to thank you for the good singing, testimonies, and the presence of God that's been here thus far. But Lord, we don't want to preach just to be preaching tonight. I pray that you'll take your word and speak to us and speak through us. God, I pray that we would not see flesh or see man tonight. I pray, God, that we would not say anything that would try to exalt ourselves in any way. But, oh, God, may you be lifted up and may you be exalted. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on how to find delight in discouragement. How to find delight in discouragement. Psalms 59 is one of the uh, psalms that is known as a golden psalm. It's one of the psalms that David wrote. Many believe that David wrote Psalms 59 at a time when uh, Saul was after him. A lot of his psalms were written during that time, but this psalm in particular being written during that time when Saul had sent his own men down to David's house to try to kill him. And David talks about these men. He calls them dogs in Psalms 59 and how that they were uh, trying to hunt him down. David is not calling them that as a name just to throw off to them. But you know in Bible days, dogs were not um, pets. They were not uh, something that people took into their homes and that they used as some form of uh, friendship or enjoyment. But in those days, they were wild animals that hunted down their prey and they lived just like a lion or just like it any other wild beast of the field. And so uh, David is a man that is on the run. <laughs> David is a man that it feels like he is being hunted uh, down by Saul's own men. And that's kind of the background of this psalm. As we notice in the first nine verses of Psalms 59, David talks about his danger as he begins in verse number one and two with his prayer. He says, deliver me from mine enemies. He said, oh my God, defend me from them that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody men. He calls these men bloody men because they were set out to kill him. They were out to take his life. These are not men that are playing around. These are not men that are merely just trying to taunt David or trying to scare David, but these are men that are seeking after his life. And you know tonight, our enemy may or may not be a man, but we do have an enemy tonight, amen? And that enemy is the devil. And, that, and we have another enemy tonight, and that is our flesh and then we have the world tonight and we know that the enemy, the devil tonight is seeking after us. The flesh will surely destroy us and the world would love to defeat us as well tonight and David realizes here that his only hope in this midst of this danger is that of prayer. I want to tell you the only way you and I will ever escape the enemy in this life is by staying on our knees and staying close to God. If you and I, my friend, abandon our prayer life and our walk with God 
We open ourselves to pray to a lot of danger in this world. And so David begins in this danger. He begins it with a prayer. And then I see us panic in verses three through five as he says, for lo, they lie in wait for my soul that the, my, the mighty are gathered against me, not for my transgression, not for my sin, O Lord. They run and prepare themselves without my fault. Awake to help me and behold, thou therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to visit all the heathen. Be not merciful to any wicked transgressors. Do you see the panic that is in David's prayer? This is not a lay me down to sleep prayer. In other words, David is not just passively praying and saying, now God, I've got enemies out there. Would you do something to try to take care of me and keep them away from me? Oh no, I wanna tell you tonight, David is in a full-blown panic. He knows his life is at stake. He knows there's more enemies than he has friends right now. He knows they're more skillful, they're more dangerous than what he is. And he knows that his only defense will not be in David, but it'll be a divine defense that is only in God. I wanna tell you tonight, the devil's way more tactful than what I am. He's smarter than I am. He knows how to outsmart me and deceive me. The flesh, my friend, is more smart than I am tonight. The world is more smart than I am tonight. The system of this world. And you and I ought to have not panic, but we ought to, listen, be cautious and we ought to be concerned as David was about the enemies that surround us. Amen. And so he's talking about this danger. He mentions the peril of it in verse number six down to verse number nine. He said, they return at evening. They make a noise like a dog and go around about the city. Behold, they belch out with their mouth. Swords are in their lips for who say they doth hear. But thou, O Lord, shall laugh at them. Thou shalt have all the heathen in derision. Because of his strength will I wait upon thee for God is my defense. You know what David is doing in these verses here? His flesh is panicking. He knows that his life is at stake, but in spite of what his flesh is saying to him, in spite of what he's hearing about the enemies, you know what David often does is he's doing in these verses here? He's trying to rise above the flesh and exercise faith in God. I wanna tell you, faith don't come easy for us. Can I get a witness on that? In other words, what I mean by that is we don't get up in the morning time and just listen, faith just come natural. We all have fears in our life. We all have things that would discourage us and, and would keep us down if we would dwell upon it. But what we have to do in times of danger is look to God, rise above that trouble, rise above that temptation, rise above those enemies and realize that no matter how big the enemy may be, no matter how big he may look, and no matter how many of them there may be, God is is bigger than all of our enemies tonight. And David is just reminding himself that in the midst of danger, there is protection that's been provided. Amen. And so we see his danger, but then we see his deliverance in verses 10 through 15. David begins to talk more about that deliverance. I see in verse number 10, this confidence that he has. He said, the God of my mercy shall prevent me. He said, God shall let me see my desire upon mine enemies. You know what he does in verse number 10? He lays hold of that mercy. He don't just call it the mercy of God, but he calls it my mercy, amen? I wanna tell you, God's got 
got mercy for me and he's got mercy for you. Amen. If there's anything I needed when I rolled out of the bed this morning, I promise you, if I needed anything else in this life, there's one thing I needed. I needed the mercy of God. Amen. The Bible says it's by his mercies were not consumed. The word of God said his mercies are new every morning. I'm thankful for grace, but I'm also thankful for mercy. Amen. Mercy kept me from getting what I did deserve until grace could come along and give me what I didn't deserve. Amen. And I'm thankful that every day, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And David here is finding confidence in God because he knows that God is a merciful God. Amen. Do you know tonight you can trust God because he's merciful. God isn't good to us because we're good to him. He's not good to us based on faithfulness. I do believe there's blessings and rewards for being faithful. But what I'm saying is, I can't put my chest out tonight and say, you know, God's done this, 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 or this in my life today because uh, I've been faithful. Oh, no. But I tell you what I can do. I can take and say God's done this, 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 and this for me today because he's merciful and he's faithful. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, there's confidence in that. I have no confidence in myself. I have no confidence in this old flesh tonight. But I have confidence that when I have fallen, he'll pick me back up again. I have confidence that when I've stumbled and I've said, Lord, I'm I'm sorry that I'm just so sorry that he'll pick me back up, put me under his wing, and he'll take me on another mile. I've got confidence, friend, that when even I've messed up and made mistakes, uh, the mercy of God is still extended if I'm willing to repent and come by way of the cross, amen, and trust him. I'm talking about confidence in his mercy. He finds confidence in this deliverance. And then there's conviction. Notice what he says in verse 11. He said, slay them, slay them not. Let my people forget. He said, scatter them by thy power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride. And for cursing and lying which they speak, consume them in wrath, consume them that they may not be and let them know that God ruleth in Jacob unto the ends of the earth, Selah. And at the evening, let them return and let them make a noise like a dog and go round about the city and let them wander up and down for me and grudge if they be not satisfied. Do you notice what David's doing in those five verses? is there. David is not just praying, but he's praying with conviction. Amen. David was a warrior, wasn't he? And what I mean by this is that David did not pray wimpy prayers. Oftentimes we're guilty, aren't we? And I know we're not living under the law. We're not to pray for God to kill people. We're not to pray for God to take them out. We saw that in the Psalms 58. David said, break their teeth. I don't think you ought to pray God to break anybody's teeth. Amen. We're in grace. We're to pray. We're to forgive those that trespass against us. We're to be like Christ and we're to show mercy and we're to show grace. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that just because you're a Christian, you're to roll over and play second fiddle in this world. It doesn't mean you're not to hold your head up. You ought to have some boldness, some holy boldness. You don't have to be a smart aleck. You don't have to be sharp. You don't have to ruin your testimony. You you ought not have a bad spirit, but that means you ought to be willing to take a stand when it's time to take a stand. And friend, David was not afraid to stand for what was right. Brother, I'm telling you the reason this country in a mess tonight is not because as we've often said the world and lost people out there it's because Christians stop taking a stand and we need some folks today that will have a backbone and will stand for what's right and you can have the right spirit and have the right stand at the same time isn't that right 
So David, we see his danger. We see his deliverance. And in a psalm that ought to be filled with discouragement. I'm gonna be honest with you. I got to reading this psalm today and when I got down to verse number 15, I thought, man, this, there's, there's nothing positive about this. David doesn't say a whole lot of things here that's encouraging. I thought, Lord, it's Wednesday night. Everybody, if, if any crowd needs encouraged, Wednesday night crowd does. Isn't that right? I don't know about you, but I feel that way sometimes. And I said, Lord, and I got to verse number 16. And notice the first word of that verse. He said, but in spite of everything that has taken place in my life, in spite of all the discouragement, in spite of the enemies, in spite of the trouble, in spite of the darkness, in spite of everything that I'm going through, David does not end this psalm discouraged but he ends it in delight. Do you know tonight that's what separates us from the, child of, or from the world tonight? It doesn't mean that we don't have troubles. It doesn't mean that we don't have struggles and it doesn't mean that we don't have enemies. But in spite of all of our trials and all of our troubles, what makes us different from the world tonight? The Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. But what makes us different from the world tonight is that when we go through times of discouragement, times of darkness, when we go through times of, of even danger as David is here in this text, we don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to live in defeat. We don't have to hang our head down. We don't have to get the mullet grubs. You know why? Because we can go on and serve God anyway. There's joy even in the midst of sorrow and even in the midst of struggles. I'm glad I serve a God. He's good on the mountaintop, but he's still good down in the valley low. Amen. I'm glad I serve a God tonight that, listen, he's good when things go right, but he's still good when things go wrong. I'm glad I serve a God tonight that when I'm, listen, when I'm up, he's up, but when I'm down, guess what? He's not down, he's still up, and David said he's the lifter up of my head. Amen. I'm telling you, David was in a valley, but he knew when he got in a valley what to do. He said, I'll lift mine eyes into the hills. Why would you do that, David? From whence cometh my help? Where's your help coming from in those hills, David? He said, my my help coming from the Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight, you don't have to live in discouragement. You don't have to live with it all the days of your life. You say, well, I've got some pretty discouraging things in my life. You can rise above that because there is delight even in the midst of discouragement, amen. I think God's people ought to be the happiest people on earth. I think we ought to go to church not with sad faces. We ought to go to church with joy, isn't that right? We ought to go to church smiling. We ought to go to church uh, uh, singing. We ought to go to church shouting. We ought to go to church and, and be happy. Uh, we sing that song, everybody will be happy over there. But you know what? If you're saved, everybody can be happy over here too. Isn't that right? You might be here and say, I've worked all day and I'm wore out. That's no excuse to not be happy. Isn't that right? Just because you're tired in body. You know what that means? That means God's blessed you with a good job so that you got a paycheck and you can get, you can get wore out working and make a living and take care of your family. You could be sitting under a bridge. You might not be tired, but not have no place to, to call home, no place to lay your head down. But God's been good to you. He's blessed you. He's blessed me tonight. I'm talking about no matter what the situation is tonight, listen, we can live in delight rather than discouragement. I like to be around people that's happy, don't you? I run from people that's always depressed. Anybody else like that? I see some people and I'm like, oh, Lord. Now, don't y'all act like you don't. I just never want to be that person. I don't want to be that person when people see me coming, they start pulling an umbrella out, you know? Because the dark clouds are coming. 
And just some people, the only time they're happy is when they're sad. Come on. They live in discouragement. I mean, if the sun's shining, it's too hot. If it's a, if it's a raining, it's too wet. I mean, they're always finding something to be discouraged. And, and you never ask them how they're doing because they're never doing good. Amen. They're always uh, in a valley, always in a trial. Now, we have valleys. We have trials. And there's nothing wrong with going to church and saying, y'all pray for me. I'm in a valley. I'm in a trial. But I'm telling you, if you think about it, our worst day living for God is still better than our best day living for the devil tonight. He's been good to us. He's been better to us than what we ever deserved. He's done far more than what we ever expected or anticipated. I have no reason tonight to lay any blame at his feet. Whatever happens in life, I'm not saying I want dark clouds and I want discouraging times. I don't want those things in my life, but I'll tell you when they come, I know that he knows how to lift my head up. He knows how to encourage me. He knows how to give me strength for the journey. And David believed that and he knew that, amen. You say, preacher, where is David's delight in these verses? Notice with me in verse number 16. I see David's delight. It is seen in his song. He said, but I will sing of thy power. And he said, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. David is singing in a time of discouragement. Boy, I'm telling you, that's, that's how you know God's real. When you can sing in times of discouragement. I'm telling you, I think about I think about just the other day, a few days ago, we heard the story of Sister Candace and Brother Keith that has been here, sung here, been to Jubilee years ago, have been a blessing to this church, and I'm telling you, and God has blessed them, but just buried their son a few days ago, but still singing in the time of discouragement. There's only one explanation for that. I'm sure they have sad days and lonely days, and their hearts are broken and heavy, but in the midst of it all, how can they raise their hand and magnify God when they buried one of their children. I'm going to tell you how. He knows how to give us a song in the midnight hour. He knows how to give a song in the night. And I'm going to tell you the sweetest song you'll ever sing is one that'll come out of darkness, friend. When you learn to lift your voice up, when it looks like there is nowhere to sing, when it looks like a song will not come, when he gives a song, it's a real, it's a real song. Hallelujah. When you sing in darkness, it's coming out of here, hallelujah. A lot of people can't even sing in the sunshine. They forgot to look up and see where all them blessings are coming from. David has found delight in his darkness. He's found delight in his discouragement. You might be here tonight and say, preacher, I've been discouraged. Well, I can't take your discouragement away. And God may choose not to take your discouragement away, but what he can do is give delight in that. You can still sing. I'm telling you, just because hard times come, you don't quit singing in the choir. Somebody say amen right there. Just because trouble sometimes come, you don't quit singing them special songs. You don't quit singing around the house just because hard times come in life. You've got to go ahead and sing. Amazing grace is still good. Even in the bad times, it's still amazing. Isn't that right? And David said, my delight is in my song. He said, I'm gonna sing about two things. He said, the first stanza of my song is gonna be about his power, amen? I think David is just reminding himself that God is an all-powerful God, that nothing, 
nothing is too far out of his hands and that no matter how bad the situation is, it's not so bad that what God can't reach down and turn that situation around. He's singing of his power. Then he said the second stanza, I'm gonna sing of his mercy, amen? I'm just gonna sing about how merciful he is, how that he's reached down in times when I could not reach up, how that he's helped me when I could not help myself, how that he has showed up when it seemed like everybody else has abandoned me, how that he has led the way when it looked like there was no way, how that he has picked me up when I couldn't put another foot in front of the other. Have you ever been there? I'm telling you, that's the mercy of God, friend. I'm telling you, that's the only way we make it through. And David said, I want to sing of his mercy, amen. Think about in your life. Can you remember some times when God delivered you? Can you remember some times when you fell on your knees and you needed God's mercy? And mercy came. Times when even you couldn't pray a prayer because words would not come. But God read your heart. God saw the tears and knew what was bottled inside those tears. He knew the prayers that was in those tears and God called every one of them and God extended a hand of mercy when it looked like there was no way. God made a way. I'm telling you tonight, I'm about to think myself happy. I can remember some times, Brother Laddie, in my life when the enemy crawled up in my corner and he said, oh, I've got you this time. You're surely going down. You're surely going under. There's no way out. I'll tell you right in the midst of all of that, uh, there's a strong and mighty hand that stood between me and the enemy. He held back the storm, thank God. Uh, let me catch my breath a little while uh, and gave me strength for the journey. That's the mercy of God. Uh, I can sing of his mercy tonight, amen. And his delight is seen in the fact that of his song. And then it is seen not only in his song, but it is seen in his safety. Look what he said in verse number 16. For thou... Has been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. David said, I found delight in discouragement. He said, It's in my song, but he said, It's also in my safety. David said, I recall a time and time in my life when I needed a refuge. I recall a time in my life when I needed a defense. David said, I remember my day of trouble. I tell you, if you want to get blessed on a Wednesday night, just go back down memory's lane and remember some days of trouble in your life. Remember some times when you put your head in your hands and said, oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, I don't know which way to turn. You remember some days of trouble when it looked like that there was no way out. Looked like you were so far in the corner, but safety came. You know, one of the most astounding statements I've ever thought about is that you think about where you're at today. You think about how long you've been a Christian. You think about how long you've been saved. The songwriter said through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. Is that right? Think about where you're at and how long you've been saved. Would you have ever thought the day you got saved, if you, if you could see everything you've been through, if you could see everything you had to go through, would you have ever thought you'd have made it? I'm telling you, if God would have pulled back the curtain and let us see the future and showed us every valley and every bump and every hilltop and every desert and every, every low spot in life, 
you know what we'd have done? We'd have pulled the covers off our, over our head, never got out of the bed the next morning and said, there's no way I can make it. But I'm gonna tell you, you've made it safe thus far. You know why? Because we got a gentle shepherd, hallelujah. He goes before us, he stands behind us, and thank God he even stands beside us, amen? And when we cannot go, he picks us up with those everlasting arms. I'm talking about there is safety in the Lord tonight, amen. Brother, I wanna be in the will of God, don't you? I don't wanna be anywhere else but in the will of God. And I'll tell you, it's a fearful thought to think that you could get out of the will of God tonight. Brother, I mean, it scares me to think that I could be out of God's will. Now, you say, preacher, why is the will of God so important? Because of the safety. I'm telling you, there are things tonight, decisions that we all have to make. There are things that sometimes my flesh says, you should have decided that six months ago. Sometimes the flesh will say, or maybe it's the devil, I don't know. Probably both at times. So boy, you, you should have acted upon that. You, you're just dragging your feet. But I'll tell you the thing about it is, I want to be in God's will, don't you? I don't want to take one step out of the will of God for fear of what could be around the corner. Well, we've all seen people shipwreck. We've all seen people ruin their lives. We've all seen people chart a course and never come back. And I, I'm telling you, that brings fear to my soul tonight when I think about that. But what I do know is this, that sometimes the course that God may lead us down, it may not be the course that I would take. It may not be the way that I would want to go. Sometimes it can even look like a dangerous path. But if it is the will of God and if it is God's path, then there's safety in that. It's the safest place in the world. Amen. I think about Brother Ben going to Papua New Guinea. I'll just be honest with you tonight. God hadn't called me to Papua New Guinea and he could call me to Papua New Guinea tomorrow. I understand that. The very thought of me just packing up and going to Papua New Guinea and living the rest of my life. I don't know about you. I mean, that, that doesn't sound too comforting to me. Anybody here want to move to Papua New Guinea tonight? I've seen Miss Judy raise her hand, but she was just, all right, okay. No. Anybody want to move to the jungles of Africa tonight? I don't want to move there. But if God called me there, it's the safest place on earth to be. I remember Brother Blue telling a story years ago. I don't know if he knew these people. Maybe you have heard the story. Maybe you know the people. I don't know the people. And he didn't say in the story, but he told the story of a missionary family that they had went to the mission field and the mother and father had been called there. God had called them to the mission field. They had three children. And while they were there, they got so afraid of snakes. There were obviously snakes where they were at. And they were afraid to stay for their children. So they came home. And he told the story of how that they came home because for fear that one of them would be snake bit. That's why they came home. And their children was playing in the backyard and they, they found a couple little snakes that they thought were gardener snakes. But they were baby copperheads. And those copperheads bit those children just a little bite. And all three of them died. I remember Brother Blue telling that story and the whole purpose of that was he was preaching the point that I'm preaching tonight that the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. Do you know David was more safe on the run from Saul than he was out in the shepherd field tending sheep? For God was protecting him. Saul could not reach him. 
Saul threw a javelin at him three times and never hit the bullseye. I want to tell you something about Saul. He didn't miss. Saul knew how to, he was dead on the money. He was a man of war. But there was one target that no matter how close he got to it, no matter how hard he tried and how many people he had, he could never catch it. He could never take it down. You know why? Because there was an unseen hand standing between him and that target. And I'm going to tell you tonight, I am so glad that I've got an unseen hand that stands between me and the devil tonight. Boy, I think about my children, something tragic could happen to them tonight. I, under, I, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. But I think about all the years of them growing up and, and there's others that it happened to that only God knows and it was his will. But I think about the health and the strength and how that God has taken care of them. And, and I the only thing I can say to that is raise my hand and say, thank you, God, for being merciful. Thank you for taking care of my children. I think about all the times running up and down the road that God has taken care of me coming in at the, at the night hours. And I, all I can do is raise my hand and say, Say, God, thank you for, be, for, for being, keeping me safe on the road. We pull out of the parking lot tonight and get killed right here. Me and my wife was traveling through the night last night, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was coming, I started that journey, and I looked at the GPS and I saw the number, and I said, Oh, Lord. But we was going down the road, and I said, Lord, would you give me the strength to make it there? And would you keep us safe on the road? You know, we passed a couple accidents coming through the night. One gentleman on a motorcycle that had been run over. And I passed it, and I passed that, and I passed another, another seemingly looked like a bad accident. I don't know if it was. But when I pulled in this morning, the first thought run through my mind is the Lord took care one more time. Hallelujah, bless his holy name. Think about all the times you go back and forth to work the same route. You get in that car and you travel back and forth to work every day. Up and down the roads and people are killed by the seconds around the world in their automobiles, but yet God has taken care of you. You send your children off to school every day thinking that you'll see them, not knowing that anything could be a turn of events that could happen that could change the rest of your life, but day in and day out, God brings them back to your arms one more time and lets you have them another day this side of eternity. You think about all the times that God has protected us. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm shouting about all the things that I have seen. But I wonder how many things in this life I don't know anything about where he stood between me and danger. And I can't see it on this side. But God sent an angel down and it stood between us and what would have been the end of our life. I wonder how many times the devil would have crawled up and would have destroyed us. But God said, no, you're not gonna touch him. You're not gonna touch her. You're not gonna touch that one. You're gonna keep your hands off. I'm telling you, there's no telling eternity. We'll reveal all the times that God has kept us safe. You want to find some delight and discouragement? Think about your safety net tonight. It's all in his hands, isn't it? I want to close tonight, not only in his song and his safety, but what about in his strength? Look at verse 17. He said, unto thee, O my strength, will I sing. I want to tell you tonight, God is our only strength. I'll be honest with you. We can't do anything without the Lord. Brother, tonight, no preacher could ever preach without the touch of God. No singer, they could maybe sing a song, 
And it may sound pretty, but it won't sound heavenly without the touch of God. Tonight, you can't, I think one of the greatest things as a parent is when you reach the place that you really realize it's a bigger job than I can handle. Amen. It's a bigger job than we can handle. The responsibility of training children, and we ought to follow the instructions and train them out. You know, I believe all that tonight, but at the end of the day, it takes God, doesn't it? We have to do our part. We can't just throw caution to the wind and say, Lord, take care of them. That, that's, that's ignorance, isn't it? But even at all that we do, that takes God. He has to save them. We can't save them. If we could, I'd have saved mine. I'd probably save them before they reach the age of accountability, brother lady, if I could have saved them. But I, I, you can't save your children. You can't not only not save them from hell, you can't even save them from danger. But God can do all of that, can he? He can save their soul. He can save their life. He can save them from the snares of this world. He can save them from things that may lurk in their mind and lurk in their heart. He can save them from making bad decisions in life. You know why? Because he's our strength, amen? He gives us that strength that we don't have tonight within ourselves. That's delight in darkness. You might be here tonight and say, how in the world am I ever gonna make it through this trial? I'll tell you how you're gonna make it through this trial. You're not gonna make it through this trial in your own strength. If you try to do it yourself, you'll drown. But if you'll turn it over to God and say, God, I can't make it myself, but I'm gonna trust you tonight. If you'll help me, God, I promise you, he'll give you the strength. He'll give you the stamina to go on to serve him in spite of self. He'll give strength beyond measure tonight if you'll trust him. There's strength in the word of God. There's strength in prayer tonight. And I believe there's strength in number. I think one of the greatest things you can do when you have a problem is ask somebody, would you pray for me? You don't have to tell them. In fact, I think it's better a lot of times to not tell unless there's really, really a need. Just would you pray for me? You know, a spiritual person won't pry. They'll pray. Brother Laddie wanted me to know something he'd tell me. But if I pry, I, even if I pry and I find out, it's not going to do any good just because I know. But I'll tell you, if he come to me tonight and said, Preacher, I need you to pray for me. Maybe he wants to tell me he feels like I need to know or maybe it's something he just says, I, I don't want to talk about it or I can't tell you, but I need you to pray for me. I want to tell you tonight, praying works, friend. It works, don't it? How many times had the enemy had his hands around our throat? But somebody, somebody prayed. They prayed for me. They stood in harm's way. They got on their knees. I'll tell you, don't ever despise the people that pray for you. You ought to thank God for them. You ought to thank God. They may not have money. They may not have riches. They may not have a lot of wisdom. They may not even say anything to give you any knowledge. But I'll tell you, if they can ring the bells of heaven for you, you ought to thank God. You ought to thank God. I'll tell you when Brother Kate passed away, that's the very thing I went home at night 
And that's the very thought crossed my mind. I thought, that man of God prayed for me. And I know he prayed for a lot of other people, but he, he prayed for me every day of my life. And he prayed for a lot of people. But I, I remember sitting home that night and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? I know there's a lot of people that prays for me. And I appreciate every one of them, but I thought there's one that's gone now. When Brother Blue passed away, I thought, oh, my soul, the hole that he has left. Because I know he prayed for people. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I've prayed for you. Just like I prayed for Peter. I've prayed for you today. I'll tell you, never underestimate the prayers of God's people. As we stand tonight, maybe you're discouraged. There's delight tonight.